0: You know, Kevin Barker, there are some games during a season where I don't even know if it's worthwhile analyzing the game. You just look at the score, take the win, be happy, and move on. I'm about uh, I'm about there with this game tonight. 5-4, the Blue Jays winning. A lot could have gone wrong. A lot did go wrong. <laughs> Yet the Jays somehow ended up winning this game.
1: Yeah, you'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. You just look at extra innings. You had a bad slide. You had a fly ball, not caught. You had a bad throw. You had a bad bunt. And then Danny Jansen gets a ball that he can pull. When he gets a ball that he can pull and get the head out and create a little backspin with the baseball, he can do some damage. And he had a big night. That's a huge win. I mean, they played decent enough defense. uh, They made pitches when they needed to, and they got a timely hit, and that's what good teams do.
0: Yeah, and Danny Jansen I think kind of broke the dam as it were with that three-run home run. You could tell just by uh watching the reaction of the dugout where they were doing the rally cap thing <laughs> and over where we are in the uh in the left field press box. I mean, the bullpen just erupted uh when that ball left. You could like I said that was like that was like the dam broke. That was like the dam broke. Now it didn't it still took it still took some extra work after that. It's not like the, it's not like the runs you know rushed out all over the place, but yeah, Danny Jansen and Matt Chapman, man, they wrote themselves all over this game tonight defensively. Uh, Chapman with you know, kind of gets lost now, maybe, but that ten pitch walk to start that inning where Danny Jansen, Danny Jansen hit that home run. Good base running by Matt Chapman. A couple of real good defensive plays as well. And uh, yeah, the Jays, the Jays needed to win in the worst way. Sometimes they it's not who it.
1: you. Sometimes it's not who you're playing. It's when you're playing them, and just the Blue Jays are fighting something. It could be themselves. It you know, it just seemed like when whenever they needed a hit from somebody, Danny Jansen seemed to be the guy, and. You know, they were trying to do little things to get runners in scoring position and couldn't do that, and Danny Jansen, again, I said this, and I've been saying this all year, if they get decent pitches to hit and don't chase off the plate because they have bat-to-ball skills and they're talented hitters, they can do damage. If they don't, it'll sort of look like it did tonight, and they'll have to battle, and, you know, they'll have to have some things go wrong or some things go right. Now, look. The the, the Cubs and Jeff. We've been talking about this all year. The base running at the big league level is atrocious. Like you just, you watch things like the tenth inning with a runner on second base, a line drive with a left-handed hitter up, Ian Happ up. The, the shortstop, Bo Bichette, standing right behind second base. You're the runner at second base. What do you do? You take off running on a line drive right over the bag. Just, uh, it's just, It's like field awareness. It's knowing what's going on before it actually happens. Base running is a lost start. It's almost like sometimes they don't even try, and that's a hard watch for me. Yeah, we should keep in mind, by
0: the way, as we uh you know, we bring out the pom poms and the uh and the balloons that the Chicago Cubs are not a very good team. Nope. And uh that must be said, and the Jays were life and death to beat them. However, again, don't look gift Cubs in the mouth, right? You needed a win, you gotta win after that weekend series against the Los Angeles Angels. You've got Marcus Stroman on the mound against you tomorrow. You know he's gonna be jacked up. You've got Kevin Gossman going for yourself. Uh, this would not have been a. This would have been a bad game to lose five-four in extra innings. Let's just put it that way. This would. You- this would yeah. have been a, a, a tough loss.
1: You could tell they're trying hard. Like, you could tell when they walked to the plate that they got the big eye. And I've been there. I know what the big eye looks like, and it's sort of the way it's looking now. And Buck and Dan were talking about that in the telecast. That's sort of when you're going through some things as a team. You know, it's just not one guy. It's an entire team going through it right now offensively. And, again, sometimes you need a little luck. You need a, another team that you're facing to run into some outs and help you out a little bit, and that's what the Cubs did. All right, folks. Help us unpack this four one six eight
0: seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. If you are leaving the ballpark, if you hung in there to the end of this game, you certainly saw a lot of baseball. <laughs> you saw got your I money's you, worth. You, you, well, you, you saw that uh, you know one of my favorite plays in baseball, the K two three three two double play, which is you know, always, always a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kidding aside, there was a moment there. Bo Bichette's throw to Vladdy in extra innings. We all caught our breath there when mm-hmm. we saw we saw what happened there. Vladdy appeared okay. He certainly was okay enough to lift the uh, the bio steel container and <laughs> dump poor old Danny with the bio steel container. So, y- y- you know, in a lot of ways, Kevin, you got the sense the Jays escaped with this one.
1: Yeah, they did. Okay, But, again, you know, give the bullpen credit for the Blue Jays. You know, other than the slider that Maza hung to the pinch hitter, Bass was good. Simber was good. Romano was good. And Garcia is borderline great. All of a sudden, he's throwing harder. The, the mm. breaking stuff's moving more. It just seems like the, the, the organization has found a routine for Garcia to see the best of Garcia. You see the 97 elevated. You see the late life on the 95 with a little bit of movement. You see the breaking ball that has the tunneling late bite to it. Man, when he comes in the game, if you're Blue Chase fan, you gotta be excited about that.
0: They yeah, they got it. John Schneider and, and Pete Walker and, and and Matt Bushman, I think they got this bullpen thing figured no out. Question. I mean as no much question. as you know, as much as anybody's going to figure it out. The text line is active, no surprise. Mike from Toronto, heck of a win tonight needed. It. It's academic now, but I have to ask, I understand on the surface how the bunt is a clear call for Espinall there in the eleventh or two on and nobody out. However, once the infielders, especially the first baseman, are so clearly selling out for the bunt, at some point isn't swinging away the higher percentage
1: play than nope. laying down the perfect bunt. It's not, nope. is it, Kevin? Bun it, it to third base. Don't bunt it to the first baseman. If you bun it to the third baseman make him come up and field it, there's nobody covering third. The, the runner at second base is going to be, even if the shortstop would cover third base, he's beating the – Third, the 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 defender to third base, the play will always be bun it to the third baseman. And when you don't, it sort of looked like it looked again. It's, you know, sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good. And when you're called upon, especially a guy that's not playing every single day like Espinal, and you get a chance to come up and have a big situation, you need to make a play there. And it just so happens it didn't, but it worked out in the end. Four one six eight seven zero zero five
0: ninety star five ninety one triple A triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety. We're here at eleven thirty. Mike and Vaughn, get us going, my friend.
1: I love I, I love what um what what you guys said um about Chapman and
0: Jansen. Obviously, they deserve uh, the the you know all the accolades regarding this game. I want to give a shout out to Biggio. I think what he did was uh, instrumental. I really love that left-handed bat and what he has to offer. And when he comes out and he delivers, it also gives, uh, you know, we got to give him, if we had to give three stars to this game, I want to give him a shout-out because I thought what he did was amazing and that base running and getting on was instrumental.
1: Kevin? Yeah, well, that's a great call, Mike. The the defensive play he made, the, the diving, I think it was on the Reyes ball. Uh, that's a good. That's a, that's a big-time play. You know, you got first and second there. It would be instead of first and second, now it's second base. You, get, you got a big out there. You know, you know he does have a little uppercut in his swing. So we need, if he plays a little bit, he gets his timing with that uppercut. He can have some competitive at-bats. We all know he takes pitches and, you know, he works counts, which is kind of nice. You'd like to see him, you know, driving a few more runs when he does play. But I'm with Mike. You know, he, he had a really good game. He's always been a really good base runner. You can tell he cuts corners he takes you know big secondary leads. he wants to run the bases. He's an asset for the Blue Jays. I'm with Mike. Uh,
0: talk a little well, let's talk a little bit about Jose Brios he kind of gets lost in this obviously because so much happened 17 to 25 first pitch strikes. I know that's something you talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, seem to have difficulty finishing guys off tonight Kevin.
1: Yeah well out of the 10 hits great point by you out of the 10 hits uh, five of those came with two strikes. You know, it's you, when you watch him pitch, does he have a two-strike pitch? Does he have a put-away pitch? You know, the breaking ball breaks a lot of the times too much. It's non-competitive. If you see it a couple of times, most of the time you can lay off of that. I just wonder what the strikeout pitch is. Is it the two-seamer? You know, is it the change-up that he rarely uses? Is it the elevated four-seamer? You know, he's good arm side, but can he go glove side with two strikes? at that for me, it's a little bit of an issue tonight. The leadoff here was an issue, too. Three out of the six uh, batters got on base. You know, he's sort of working out of the stretch a little bit more than he wanted to. But, again, you know, what did he get? He had 13 swing and misses. He had eight of those off the curveball. That's good. You know, he, he used it enough to make the fastball better. Uh, he threw a couple of changeups that were good. What did he have? He had uh, one swing and miss on the sinker, two on the changeup, and two on the four-seamer. But the curveball is really good. I just wonder what's the strike-free pitch. I don't know if he has one right now but he battles. You know that that change he made with not moving so much with his glove so he can get the glove the, the break out of the the ball out of the glove consistently get the release point out front and be able to command pitches and not have so many non-competitive pitches. He battled. He gave him a chance to win. That's all all you can ask. Mike in Toronto. Go ahead. Guys? You want to fire the hitting coach
0: after a game like this?
1: You did? Oh, I want to fire I want him to fire the hitting coach weeks ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand something. They hold the, the manager accountable, as we, we've seen. You know, they're, they were probably on the pitching coaches. The Jays aren't hitting. When are they going to start looking at the, the hitting coaches and, and, and do something about it? I, I don't know. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. What well, do you guys they, think?
0: They're not going to do anything about it this year. Um, and that goes without saying. Thanks for the call, Mike. I thought Dan Shulman made an interesting point. You know, Buck said you're in the telecast yesterday. You look at some of the Jays' offensive numbers; they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Dan pointed out today they've hit into the fifth highest number of double plays in baseball, percentage-wise. They're 21st out of all Major League Baseball teams with a runner in third base and less than two out, which would suggest to me that we're talking about the you know the whole the whole uh, situational. The whole situational mm-hmm. hitting thing, in some ways, and I think that's why—that's why it looks bad. You know, that's why I think the numbers don't necessarily add up to what you're to what you're seeing. Sure, to what you're seeing on the field. But um, you know, look, we, Bark. I'll turn it over to you about about hitting coaches. You can have the greatest hitting coach of the world if you can't hit a curve. You can't hit a curve. Yeah, but the way my, it is.
1: But to Mike's point, I, I do wonder why you have as many. Fastball hitters in this lineup as they have, and it just looks to me like they sit on breaking ball a lot. why is that? Like it, it just it seems like their approaches sometimes are a little backwards, especially guys against guys they never faced before. Why would you go up against the guy you never faced and look for a secondary pitch? Don't you look for something straight in your area where you can do maximum damage to, and hopefully that's straight. Look for that until you get the two strikes. Choke up, choke up your battle. You try and go the other way. So for me, I think just sometimes the approaches. Make you scratch your head because, again, they hammer fastballs. I just don't understand why you don't go up, look for that, and then adjust everything else. Sometimes make you scratch your head.
0: 416 870 uh, 0590 Star 591 The 590 590 is a text line. The Jays 5 4 winners. Danny Jansen walks it off. He had a three run home run. He also delivered the game winning hit, first pitch curve off Mark lighter jr we'll take a break we'll go back to the phone lines this is blue jays talk on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Sportsnet radio network and now the bet 365 standings update with bet 365 you can bend to things like player props totals or the money line across many different sports 19 plus play responsibly ontario only a quiet night in Major League Baseball tonight. The uh, Yankees and the Angels uh, currently going on. It is 2-2. Minnesota beat the Boston Red Sox 4-2. So as we look at the wild card standings, Tampa Bay, Seattle, all with the night off. Same with Baltimore. The Rays have the first wild card spot right now. They're a game up. Seattle's half a game behind them, half a game up, and Toronto holds down the final wild card spot two games ahead. Of the Baltimore Orioles. Two more games against the Cubbies for the Jays. An off day and then it's off to Pittsburgh. And as we mentioned tomorrow, 7.07 first pitch. The Stroh Show returns to Toronto uh, to take on Kevin Gossman and uh, Marcus Stroman. In case you're interested, loves everybody. <laughs> made, that, made that clear today that he loves everybody. He loves you? It's all good. It's all good. You can me. Four one six eight seven zero zero five. No you're laughing. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the tax line. So Kevin, let's talk about that play before we go back to the phone lines because I am intrigued by it. The K two three three two double play. Nick Madrigal's in third. Mm-hmm. There's one out in the inning. Um, Ian Happ is at the plate. He swings and misses. Danny Jansen picks up the ball, throws it to first base. They get him, and Vladdy immediately throws the ball back to Danny Jansen, who puts the tag on at home. A strikeout 2-3-2 two, two, double play. Look, I, I texted you right away because you was a former first baseman. I thought you would have maybe more than anybody else an appreciation for that type of play. That That really was, if you go back and take a look at it, a whole bunch of stuff had to be done right for that to come off, didn't it?
1: It did. Well, you give Brio's credit. He he put a little bit more pressure on the middle finger. He had that breaking ball look more like a slider, back foot to Ian Happ. Uh, You know, Danny Jansen catches it. He looks the runner back. That's key. you got to look the runner back before you throw it to first. He throws a strike to Vladdy. Vladdy sees the runner coming down the third baseline. He throws a strike back to to Danny. The biggest thing you saw Danny do was as soon as he saw the runner coming, he looked at the base to give the runner a lane. You could tell Mm -hmm. he walked in front of home plate so he could give him the lane, and then he let the ball carry him into the runner. To apply the tag, it was a perfect play. Like all around, everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do.
0: Yeah, Nick Madrigal. That, does he does he do that even you know even if he's not playing for for the Cubs? There are a billion games out. Does he do that if he's playing for? I don't know. He's playing. This is a game against the Seattle Mariners, and every and you know every every run counts. He'd still I, make that play, wouldn't he? Because he's got I, good speed.
1: I guess I'd rather the guy be a little bit aggressive than than not be aggressive. I mean, it's a decent play. It took everybody doing exactly what they were supposed to do to get him out, and everybody did that. Tony and
0: Maple, you want to talk about Bo Bichette. Why am I not surprised that a lot of people want to talk about Bo Bichette? He was certainly – well, he was in the center of a bunch of things tonight, made that nice defensive play on that liner that was hit to him, that double play in extra innings, one of two double plays. Uh, made an in extra innings, but uh, yeah, there was that throw, and there was the throw that almost wiped out Vladdy, and there was also another throw earlier. Uh, the infield hit. What are you? Uh, what are you seeing about uh, from Bo, Tony? Well, good evening, gentlemen. What I think the issue is with Bo—he's a very talented, skilled individual,
1: but he's like a card that's at red line all the time.
0: A ten thousand RPM. He's not letting the ball come to him, or go with the smooth throw over. It's Everything is rushed it seems with him. Everything seems difficult. Whereas um, I'm used to, let's think back. I know he's a center fielder, but Devon White total opposite. He made everything look like it was nothing. That's what I think Bo needs to have a little bit, but that might be too difficult for him. Maybe that's not his persona, his character, but maybe that's something that coaching and tutoring and mentoring can kind of push the arrow over a little bit more to the relaxed
1: side of, of a, a personality you know what? Trick.
0: I, I got to tell you this, thinking back to, and thanks for the call, Tony, thinking back to an interview we did with Dante Bishop, I don't think Bo, Bo's always going to play like that, right? Mm-hmm. At, right now, at least, Kevin, Bo's default setting is aggressive. Now, maybe, who knows, five years down the road, six years down the road, maybe it changes a bit, but I do think there are some players just me talking, but I do think there are some players where you almost have to grant them the ability to be over aggressive. Kevin, I, I don't, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think in Bo's case, you have to do that right now. And I, it, I, I, I think he's ahead. not a
1: finish. I think he's not a finished product. That, that's what I think he is at shortstop. He, he throws at weird angles. Uh, you know, it, it's sometimes the lower half's not connected to the upper half. You can tell one's behind the other. You see the weird arm angles. That's why the throws are a lot of the times all over the place. And he doesn't finish the play. You see a lot of good shortstop who throw it and then follow the throw. Bo doesn't always do that. He's falling off to one side a lot of the times, which he makes good throws that way. I mean, he's used to it. He practices that in, in when he take when he's taking batting practice. But it's just that easy routine. Every day play that a shortstop should make 11 times out of 10, and he, for me, sometimes doesn't make it just because he doesn't follow his throw. Throw it and follow it. Your momentum will go towards your target. Most of the time your throw will go where it was supposed to go. Kevin, is is the disappearance of the shift
0: next year going to help or hurt Bo? That's,
1: a tremendous, that's a tremendous question. I, I mean, maybe it will help him because now in the shift he is moving – all over the place. Like yeah, you see him. That's why you, know, you, you see him at second base. You see him behind second base. You see him in the hole. You know between short and third base. Like he's playing a lot of different places, which makes him have to throw in weird ways. Like you know Matt Chapman, you see, is his body's going one way, his arm's going another way. He's got an accurate, strong arm. He can do that. Not everybody can do that. Bo is still a work in progress. Maybe if you eliminate the shift, you put him in basically one spot. Maybe you move him a little bit left to right, but mainly he's in one spot. That will. Allow him to be a little bit more connected, follow his throw, be a little bit more accurate with his throws. You know, this is I mean this is a sort of a reoccurring theme here every time we you know we see Bo throw a ball all over the place. Everybody tends to, to want to jump on him. It is what it is. Right now Bo why? Bichette is the Bo Bouchette is the Toronto Blue Jay shortstop as of right why now. Why are why are people Kevin, why are people all over Bo so much? For me, anyway, I think it's offense. I, I think it's because of his offense is not living up to what we thought it was going to be. I know he's, you know he's got some hits. He plays every single day. He's got the second most bats in, in the American League. I get all that. I, I, For me, anyway, I don't know about you, Jeff. I expected a little bit more. I, I thought he would take a step forward. And maybe he's taking a little step back offensively. And, you know, when he was hitting second and he was hitting clean up and now he's hitting fifth and he hit sixth and he hits seventh, like he's he sort of hit all over the place. And, he you know, he just hasn't taken off yet. And he sort of looks the same bow every single day. And I think that for me and for fans sometimes a little frustrating. Well, there was a whole lot. It was interesting you mentioned
0: Matt Chapman. There was whole, a whole lot of Matt Chapman in this game. I was looking at the fourth inning. Bo leads off with a single. Biggio draws a walk. Chapman pops up to the second baseman. Tapia grounds out. Jansen pops up to the third baseman. Seven pitches, three outs with a runner in scoring position. So I was thinking, boy, that's going to be what we're talking about. Not really. Matt Chapman, a 10-pitch walk to open the big inning with Danny, Danny Jansen's home run. Matt Chapman with the double that ties the game. And then Matt Chapman scores the winning run now. It was an intentional walk, but scores the winning run anyhow. And uh, as we mentioned, Danny Jansen and and Matt Chapman all over this game. This is what John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, had to say about Matt Chapman after the game.
1: Matt Chapman's a stud. We all know know that. I think um, we kind of take for granted how good he is at third sometimes. Um, He makes things that are not routine look routine. The 10-pitch walk to get us going – you know, the couple knocks. I mean, he's just – he's a gamer. You know, he plays every single day. He's a leader in the clubhouse. Um, really, really kind of got us going tonight. It was awesome.
0: I mean, Matt Chapman is exactly as advertised, isn't he, Kevin? He, he is so.
1: – he's basically doing what we all thought he'd do. I think he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it obviously makes their defense in the infield way better. He makes pitchers way better. You mentioned the fourth inning. It, it, just look at the difference between the big inning that they had and the fourth inning you mentioned with the Chapman. Chapman chased a a cutter down. Tapia chased a cutter in. Danny Jansen chased an 0-0 slider away and then the innings that they don't do that which they you know work counts and they don't chase and they look for their pitch they have good at bats they have productive at bats and you know, you, you, again, you add Chapman. Chapman has taken off a little bit. I've always said this. He needs a trigger, like something to get going back, mm-hmm. to get him going forward. That allows him to have a little bit of separation between his front foot and his hands, a little bit more consistent. That's why you have a little something going back. It's that rubber band theory. But defensively, Jeff, what can you say about that? Accuracy, the, the strength of his arm, the, you know, the ability to make Bo Bichette better, which allows Bo to move around a little bit more. I mean, for me anyway, he's an elite defender. This was going to
0: be a talking point until uh, until Danny Jansen and Matt Chapman tag teamed the, the Cubs in the eleventh inning. But one of the things we've talked about with Alejandro Kirk hitting in the middle of the order is yep. the fact that he's going to be on base. He's going to be moving a lot when there's a lot going on. And we saw today that double play in the uh, in in the tenth inning. That was just that was a that was a bad slide, man. I mean, that's the only. That's the only way to describe it. It was I, I have no idea why his why his right leg was went over the bag the way it did, Kevin. It just seemed to be a pretty basic play to me, and it and he should have been safe, frankly.
1: Yeah, for me, I know because I was a bigger man too. When I I tried to slide, I would slide and try and have the side of my foot hit the side of the bag where my leg was never up. So that was my target. And I would go a little more on my side of my body than trying to go on my fanny. When you go on your fanny and you're a big dude, it's hard to keep your legs. You're going to bounce maybe. Absolutely. It's hard to do that. So. I'm a big man. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it. So I would sort of counter that by just flipping a little on my side, so the side of my foot would hit the side of the bag, and I never had that issue. That way, I could sort of do a pop-up slide if I had to do that. I, again, this gets back to this time of the this time of the year. Jeff, you can't make little mistakes like this. I don't mm-hmm. care if it is the Cubs. Plays like this just have to be made. You have to slide right. You have to throw to the right base. You have to be accurate. Like all the little things that go into winning baseball games in August and September, you know, sometimes teams just don't do everything. We mentioned
0: tomorrow Jackie uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Tomorrow it will be Kevin Gossman. I don't know if we've got Jackie Bradley Jr. in my mind. Kevin Gossman mm-hmm. against Marcus Stroman tomorrow, 7 1st pitch. Um, I talked about Marcus Stroman Obviously, he he did his media availability today. You know he's going to be you know he's going to be pumped up. Kevin, what's the Jays' approach? Got to be against him after what they saw tonight uh, from Javier Assad. I you got to
1: pick a window. Don't go up thinking you're going to hit his breaking ball or you're going to look sinker in or pick a window. What's your strength? If you like it, windows are like the the quadrants of a strike zone. There's like four. There's like six or eight of them. If you're a hitter, pick four of them. So you got one up and in, you got one up and away, you got one down and away, you got one down and in. Pick one of those until you get to two strikes, and then when you get to two strikes, you have your two strike approach. You try and put barrel to baseball, but. Going up thinking you're going to hit the curveball and and then you're going to go up and look for the sinker and you got to simplify it. I mean he's going to be throwing the kitchen sink. He's going to be fired up. He's going to be doing his little thing he does on the mound. If he gets you out, you got to eliminate all that. You got to have a decent approach. You got to don't take the big daddy hack. We've seen some big daddy hacks from you know from George Springer. We've seen a couple of tonight. We saw Vladimir Guerrero Jr. taking some big daddy hacks. So just stay within yourself. Be short and quick. Look for your window. If they do that. Maybe they'll have some success. 5-4,
0: the Blue Jays beat the Chicago Cubs tonight, the first of three games. It took 11 innings. It took an awful lot of baseball. Some of it really good. Some of it mm, not so good. However, as I said, let's not look gift Cubs in the mouth, shall we? 5-4, the Blue Jays beating the Chicago Cubs. Stroman and Gossman will do it again tomorrow, 707 1st pitch. You can listen to Mr. Barker and myself. At 10 a.m. from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360, Blair and Barker we will uh, continue to break down this game and uh, get you set for Gosman and Stroman. As always, thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game-ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Mm-hmm.